I don't know what you expected, but this is what you get today, because this is what you need. Amen. Hallelujah. We already have it. So, amen. Father, we just bless and praise you, and we lift you up in Jesus' name. Now, that blew my mind. <laughs> thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you for the word. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Now, Father, we bless you and we honor you today. Now, Father, we ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. And, Lord, we thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our midst. And we want to hear from heaven so that you can heal us in every way. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you already have it. That's what God told me. So that's what I'm telling you. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus has already paid the price for our victory. He's paid the price, so you have it. I think if we look at things in in the right perspective, we will never go go wrong. Amen? If you're praying for a healing, you have to understand and know it is already done. God, God sent his son to that cross to pay the price that so that we could be free of pain he bore all of our sorrows all of our uh transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities amen the chastisement of his our peace was upon him and with his stripes we were healed so we are already healed there's certain uh things that we need like salvation healing Deliverance. These things are already paid for. Amen. Now, everything has been dealt with at that cross. But it's certain things because of our position in this earth. Who, In other words, who we are. We can just take it now. Amen. In Jesus' name, we can take it. For instance, we can take healing anytime. I know sometimes it doesn't um, show in the natural realm, but we're still healed. And so whenever we come to that understanding and that knowledge and things are on one, uh, how can I put that, one plane with God, the understanding. See, it's all in what you know and what you believe. And sometimes uh, healing takes a little longer to manifest. Sometimes it's instant. Guess what? You're still healed. You are still healed. And you still claim it. Now, I've had people say, well, I don't feel healed. But you don't go by how you feel. Sometimes I don't either. But in my head, I still know that God has already done it. He's already healed me. And so I have to go with what I know. I don't go by how I feel. And if I have to sit down, I'm going to do that too. Amen. And when I, you know, rest myself and get back up, I'm going to do that. But I'm already healed. Amen. Why? Because Jesus died for me to proclaim. See, that's the trick. It's not really a trick, but it's a trick to most people because they don't get it. The trick is in proclaiming it. Amen. The trick is in when you don't feel it every day, you speak out. You See, things are, okay, when you declare something... You're putting that out in the atmosphere and you're making that way straight for what you need. You're telling heaven, hell, the angels, everybody that I'm healed. 
or whatever it is. I'm delivered. I'm set free. Do I feel delivered? Not all the time. (laughs) But I know I am. See, you have to know, and it's all in knowing who you are. Amen? It's all in knowing who you are and whose you are. We belong to to Christ. We have the we have the life of Christ on the inside of us, which causes us to declare and uh, decree a thing, and that's what the Bible says. And so that's what we do. And when we declare it, I'm I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm delivered and set free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! You know, I have good. I walk in divine health. Good health, long life. You have to declare these things. And when you do that, you cover yourself with with the anointing that's on the inside of you. And the devil can't see. That's what gives us our authority. When you speak a thing, create a thing. We're living in a world full of good things, full of blessings. And it was decreed by somebody. Amen. God decreed heavens and earth, and everything that we enjoy, somebody, even, let's take it more personally, even in your family, I found out that my grandmother was a seer, I didn't know that, and you think she didn't decree some things over my life before I even got here, and so we have to do this, and you do it because you want what's coming to you, amen, hallelujah, so we decree a thing, and the Bible says it is so. And so you decree by faith. You take it by faith. I take my healing in Jesus' name. I take my deliverance. Amen. I take my, you know, whatever it is that you that you need, you take it. And peace, joy, your provision, all these things you can take whenever, whenever you get tired of being in poverty, you can come out. That's what I'm saying. You take it. In other words, you start thinking differently. And then you start talking differently, and then it starts to happen. That's how you get it from into the unseen realm into the seen realm. I am healed in Jesus' name. Do I feel it? Not all the time. Some days I do. Some days I don't. But you know what? A little bit every day. Amen. A little bit every day. It comes forth in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so it's all in what you believe and what you know. Who you, who do you think you are? That's the question. Well, I'm a, I'm, I'm an heir. Amen. I'm Abraham's seed. He is my father. I'm the daughter of Abraham. And I ought to have everything that I need. And so that's how it works. And as soon as, see, and only God knows when you truly believe it inside of your heart. And so, now let me tell you what religion will do. I don't know why I'm going here, I guess, because it's my thing. I don't know. But it'll help you. Um, religion will tell you, but it ain't real. Because you still don't feel good. But see, you have to shut that thing down. Because that's the, religion is of the devil anyway. Amen. And so when that thing starts talking to you, you have to make it shut up and tell it what you know. And if you keep overriding that voice in the back of your head that says, but you still not healed. So you got to believe it with all your, you have to know it. 
you have to know. You have to move out of what you believe and think and feel into what you know. Amen. In other words, you have to cast your promissory note in. Amen. You that cash that in. Write in your own ticket. And then cash it in. Write a check for how much money you need. Amen. And cash it in. Don't be afraid to cash it in. Well, where do I take it? To the bank in heaven. Wherever you tape it on your wall. Wherever it will make the best impact in your life. And cash it in. Amen. I take my finances now. I take it because I know God's already provided for me according to Philippians 4.13, whatever it is. Amen. God will supply all of my needs. So you take it. because Why? How do you take it? Because you know that it's not a deserving thing. You know that you don't have to earn it. It's already been bought and paid for. So you claim it. When you take something, you claim it and you start to speak it. Amen. Hallelujah. You have to know what your entitlement is. I'm entitled to have a husband. I'm entitled to have children. Do do you, somebody, I'm just going to stop and say somebody, I don't know if you all know this lady. Uh, what was her name? Bridget Nielsen, Brigitte Nielsen, because she pronounced it in the French way. She just had a, a baby a few months ago, 54 years old. I saw her when she was pregnant and I was just, my head was just going like this. But then, you know what the Lord told me? Why are you so surprised? Because we're supposed to believe in these things. And and he said, and greater things we would see more of. We would see his great and mighty works. He did that for a purpose. For all of those women that think they're too old. 54, that's a pretty nice age, and she didn't have, she did natural childbirth, she didn't have any problems with that, yeah, and this lady was on drugs a lot in her, am I right, she's a drug addict in her past days, but she, uh, she had a, a, a child, not long, and looked great, I saw her um, uh, before, when she was, I think she was in her eighth month, and then I saw her post-baby, and she had gave birth to a man, because that was a huge baby. I don't think I could have done it at a young age. Amen. I mean, it was a big, big baby. So don't tell me God don't know what he's doing. And she's no saint. But he'll do it for anybody that believes. According to your faith being unto you. So she got her a new husband. And she probably wanted to have a kid with him. And she... Held up the, <laughs> did whatever. I don't know. I don't know if she did, uh, do you know if she did? I think that the article says she didn't do any in vitro. This just happened. Do anybody know? You don't know? Yeah. So I'm down with her. Amen. <laughs> so you have to know your entitlements. Amen. And a lot of people are still asking God to do what he's already done. And so you have to stop and take a breather. And you know what? It is frustrating when you're asking and asking and it never happens. I understand why now. Because it's already done. Quit asking and start claiming. And that's how you get it. Amen. And this is something that we know. 
But when we're in the midst of a trial, we don't do it. Or we may do it for a week. And then when your answer don't come, we get mad. Yeah, we do. And then we say, well, God, then you start trying to figure out what you did wrong. And you're just going to be looking because you did everything wrong. (laughs) Everything and then some. But thank God that this is an entitlement thing. It's, it's, it's what you're entitled to have, and it's not a thing that's earned. Like grace, you cannot earn grace. It's given. Amen? And so this is something that you cannot earn. But God is so loving us, and he's so willing to just do what we need done. It's already been... See, God is so... When he's... Uh, created the heavens and the earth he knew what we would need and it's that's why he did this stuff already not that you're not supposed to ask but certain things like i mentioned health healing uh deliverance peace joy these things they're already jesus already is free all you have to do is claim it amen you claim it and start walking in it because you why how can you do this because of the covenant that Abraham cut with God and all of his descendants are eligible because we're heirs. So it's nothing that you, all you got to do is just write your blank check, write your own ticket in life. But this is for those who understand who they are. If you don't understand that we are sons and daughters of God, we're, we're family. We're, we're his children. Now, be honest with you, I don't go tell it, calling him daddy this, daddy that. I respect him. I call him father because the Bible doesn't say daddy. It says father. But a lot of people do. If that, you feel that familiar with him, that's cool. But we are his sons and daughters. He is our father. And it says, you know, if, if, natural fathers can give good gifts to their children how much more can he do for his spiritual children <clears throat> so a lot of people have to even go back religion will say well i don't know if we're really his abraham seed and they have to go back to where it's originated in the bible but we were grafted in i can't remember where that is but i've read it many times we were grafted in to his um to be his children, uh, the Gentiles, and then it says something about the, um, I know, it's because um, we, we came in through Jesus, and he's, um, I can't think of what, how, how I read it and how I put it, but he, you know, we came in through Jesus, I'll think of it in a minute, <clears throat> but anyway. We, we have to know what we're entitled to, know what Jesus did for us, and exercise your rights. It's like when you go to court, you know when somebody is mistreating you or when your lawyer tells you something that's not right, and you have to be represented. You have to exercise your rights. Amen. But you can't do that if you don't know that you are a son or a daughter of, of the Most High. Your sons and daughters of Abraham. Amen. And we came in through the tribe of Judah. That's what I was trying to think of. So that's how we were able to call ourselves sons and daughters of the Most High. Sons and daughters of Abraham through Judah. Amen. Hallelujah. And it specifically says that in the Bible. It says, 
uh, all of these people. Then it says, and Judah. And so that's us. So don't ever think that the, 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 um, what can I say? The theology is wrong. It's right on that. Amen. And so we have to understand and know that. So Jesus has already paid the price for our victory. So why don't we have it? I think I've explained that. Amen. You can't see victory. You can only feel and know that you have it. Amen. And trust that you do. Amen. We see through the, you have to see, look, it's like this. You can only see your victory, see your healing, see your deliverance, see yourself being set free. You can only see that through the eyes of Christ. Because we have the life of Christ on the inside of us. And we can only see through the eyes of Christ. If you're looking in the natural, you won't see it. Amen. But you must see through the eyes of Christ or through the eyes of faith. Amen. So if Jesus has already paid for our victory, then we have to claim it. That's how you receive things by faith. You claim it. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. We must retrieve everything Jesus has already provided. Some things have to be retrieved. When the devil steals things from you, it's not gone. Amen. So no fear and no worry, no condemnation. But you must retrieve whatever it is. How do you do that? You call it back. Amen. Let me tell you another reason why sometimes we don't see our victory and don't see what we need. Because there has to be no plan B. You cannot have a plan B. When you get plan B out of your head, then plan A will work for you. Amen. Because God knows the smallest little things. He knows how you're thinking. And if he, it would be nice if he give us gave us things anyway. But we have to be sure of where our blessing is coming from. It's just like if you don't know uh, if God gave us things when we're plotting a plan B, you won't know how you got it. You say, now, did God, because there's going to come a time when you're going to need something else from him. And you can say, now, did, did my works do this or was this the workings of the Lord? And so this is why plan B have to be out of your system. You have to say, look, and see, it's all called submission and humility and submission and uh, humbling yourself. If you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that's what that means. That means no plan B. Because you won't get anything through plan B. It just God will allow it to fail. And the longer it takes us to understand that, the longer it will just take more time. But when we kick plan B out, and that's, well, I'm going to get this if God don't come through or if I don't see him, the, the one, then I'm going to try to date. So it, none of it's going to work for you. It won't not because he won't let it. He won't let it. Hey, Found that out. Not in the same situation, but we have plan B's for almost everything because it's always that what if God doesn't do it. And that's where our um, submission to God, that's where we have to submit to God and trust him. And you got to know your rights, know who you are. You have to know what's already been provided. You have to know that God will never let your your um, your cabinets be completely empty. 
some things you just have to trust God and know and receive it by faith. Amen. Amen. So we can have fear and worry. Then when you get over that, here comes the devil with condemnation, condemning you and you think it's coming from other people. It's coming from you. And and I've seen the devil wipe people out like that because he, you know, he'll get you on a roll, you know, and that's just a bunch of accusation. People can't see it. It starts out with some truth and then the devil does like this. You got to know when to make him get off your, you know. Amen. Let's go to 1 John 5. 1 John 5. Verse 4. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. See, number one, you got to know that you're an overcomer. You have to know that. You can't forget five minutes later. You have to know. And that's why it's good to ponder. Think about the word. Ponder on it. Amen. It says, so, and this is the victory. Now, let's go back. I'm going to read it again. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Then it starts talking about your victory. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So it's telling you what your victory is. First, it's telling you who you are. If you're born, if you're born again, you've already overcome the world. Why? Because Jesus has overcome the world. When he went on that cross, defeated death, hell, and the cross, he has over, he overcame the world. Because the people in the world put him up there. Amen. So he's already overcome the world. So if he has, so have we. Because he's in us. It says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. And it says, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. So in other words, if you believe that Jesus is the son of God, there's no way you can say you have not overcome, that you've not an overcomer. And that you, and that's the victory. So in other words, it's saying, and this is the victory that overcame the world. Our faith. Our faith in what? Our faith in what this, the writer just told us. So you gotta have faith that I'm born again, and so I have overcome all of these things that come against me. I overcome it because I have victory in it. It's telling you it's your faith that has the vic- that causes you to have victory. It's number one who you are, and number two your faith in what you've been told. And when you beat the devil over the head with that, when he start messing with you, he has to back off. Now, if you're the type of person that's looking for every little change, it won't work for you because you get some things you have to know, some things you must trust in, and then you'll see the evidence of it at some point. But you have to know that you have victory. You have to know that you're not a failure. You have to know that you're, um, that God is with you and that He'll never leave you. You're not you didn't fail at anything. God doesn't create failures. He's he his his um let's see, let's just look at it like this. I'm thinking about the potter's wheel. And I'm also thinking about when we come out, we should not have flaws. Of course, sometimes we are, we do, and we need to go back on the wheel. 
But I'm thinking about a cume when people make, uh, you know, you know what that stuff is. You put the clay in there and in the cume and it, you make dishes and pottery and stuff like that. And so it's like when you take that, I forgot what I was, my train of thought. When you take that, that pottery out of there, it should not have mars. It should not have cracks. Shouldn't have breaks. But when it's God and his people, when he created us out of clay, when it, when we, when he created us, we didn't have mars. We didn't have cracks. We didn't. Amen. Because when sin came in, that's when we became marred. Amen. And that's why we needed a Savior. God sent the Savior to take care of our Mars because he didn't make us like that. So what I'm trying to get you to see is nothing's wrong with you. Nothing is wrong with you. Amen. Hallelujah. You know how it is when you're a child or a teenager. I'll say teenager because they always, they're very self-conscious. I know I was too. And it's just like when I hear uh, teenagers complain and I say, look, you're beautiful. There is nothing wrong with you. Amen. And so these things, we have to we have to claim that. We have to stay in that way of thinking. There is nothing wrong with me. Because the devil will sit up and he will cause you to think that there's something wrong with you. But God didn't make anybody imperfect. That's what I'm trying to say. When he took us off the wheel, we were perfect. There was nothing wrong with us. But because sin was brought into this world, not by us, we became marred. And so we have to trust God. He, he's a, a, a God that doesn't... De- he doesn't forget about anything, so he made a way for us to become perfect again. But what I'm trying to say is you can't live a good life thinking there's something wrong with you. I don't know why I'm going there. Because there is nothing wrong with you. God doesn't see your imperfections. He only sees what's good and lovely and pure. Amen. Now, when you get messed up and you start to, you get born again and start living the life of a Christian, there's always room for more improvements. We're not perfect. And so God will tell us by the Holy Spirit's conviction what's wrong with you. And you know this, but this is the thing. We, there's small tiny things that need to be fixed. That's what I always say, tweaked. And this is what the Lord told me to tell tell people. I used to say, you need to do this and you need to do that. And, and he said, uh-uh. he said, these things are minor. They are minor. And he said, they need, but they do need to be fixed so that we can walk in love and walk in perfection. And it's it's something that we, we have to do daily. Amen. But we all can be fixed because God is the best fixer I know. Amen. Uh, amen. So who is the one who is victorious and overcomes the world? Amen. Who is the one that believes? That's a better question. If you're the one that believes and knows who Jesus is and what he's accomplished at the cross, what he provided, then you're the one 
that overcomes. You are the overcomer. You're the one that has victory. So we do know from reading 1 John 5, 4, that our victory is in our faith. Amen. That is the, your faith is your victory. Amen. Now, don't trust in yourself, in your own self, your own faith. Amen. Or in other words, don't trust in your own righteousness. Amen. Because righteousness was given like it was given to uh, to Abraham because of what he believed. Amen. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. It's the same way. Amen. But it's God's righteousness that he imputes to us. So don't ever think you're above and you've accomplished something and that others haven't done. It's not true. The devil's lying to you. Amen. But those who were in right standing with God has uh, imputed righteousness to them. So it's not about who you are, what you got going for yourself. See, that's deception. And so we have to stop all deception. It's about who you are in Christ Jesus and what he's done for you and what he did for you, he'll do for anybody else. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's go to Luke 18. Let me speed it up because I'm healed. Amen. Luke 18, 7. Eighteen seven, And this is in, well, let's go to 6. Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God, wait a minute, am I doing the right one? No, that's not it. Yeah. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Are y'all here? Amen. So see, it's, it's, it's knowing who you are. Not that you're special and not that you're not special. God will fight for you. Amen. He loves his creations because he didn't make any mistakes. We're perfect in his sight. Will he uh, go to bat for you? Yes, he will. Let me read seven again. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though, is that though, though he bears long with them? And this is a question. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? So in other words, until Jesus comes, we need to be operating in faith. Because God will not let his elect down. Who's the elect? Me and you. Those who believe. He will not. He'll. There's nothing that he won't not do. He will do. But you got to believe that. If you don't believe it, it won't work for you. Why? Because we just read in 1 John 5, 4. It says your faith is what's going to cause you to have victory. Your faith is what causes you to be delivered and set free. It's what you believe and what you know. Who do you say you are? That's why Jesus asked those Pharisees, who do you say I am? He asked the disciples, who are, you know, who am I? Because who, whoever he is, that's who they were, if they were believing in him. But those other ones, he said, your father's the devil. And they were saying, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. We down with you. No, you're not. 
Romans 1, verse 17. God's got this thing together. There's nothing, because we wouldn't have known anything was going on crooked in our country had he not shed light on it. He saw every evil operation. He saw every crooked deal that was being made. He saw every check that was being written. Oh, I'm sorry, Romans 1. I mean, God knows what he's doing. And if he can take care of these big things, he can take care of little old us. 1 verse 17. It says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So why did I choose this scripture? Because you have to know where your victory is coming from we read in first john 5 4 it's your faith and now we're reading here in romans 1 17 it says for in it well let's go back to 16 it says for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power of god to salvation for everyone who believes for the jew first for the jews well it doesn't say that for the jews first and also for the greek Amen. It says, for in it, it, for in the gospel, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You must live by faith. Everything you want from God is given by faith. It's released by your faith. That's why you can speak a thing and it'll come to you because you speak in faith out of your mouth. And the faith that comes out of your mouth is the action that God needs to sit a gift on. I'm just going to put it like that. Whatever comes out of your mouth, you create it and God will send back whatever it is that you're saying because your mouth, your voice, your faith creates the gift in the natural. It's already done in the spirit realm, but you create it in the natural with your mouth. Jude 1 3, if you write that down, tells us to earnestly contend for the faith. In other words, fight strenuously for the defense of the faith. That is the sum of the Christian's belief. Or this is, this is your basis for living as a Christian is your faith. So the Bible says to contend for the faith. Jude 1 3, fight for it. Strenuously. And it says strenuously fight for the defense of your faith. Why? Because the devil's gonna try to take it away and tell you you're not healed. You're not this. You're not that. God is mad at you because what? If, and then the devil started telling you what you did wrong, and then you start blaming it on people because you don't understand how this whole thing works. I'm telling you, that's why God imparts understanding. He imparts wisdom to people and revelation, so that you'll know and understand how things work. Because if you don't know, when I was in a traditional church, I didn't understand how nothing works. I just knew the word. But I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know it was so powerful. I didn't know that God loved me. I thought that you had to earn everything you got from God. And there was nobody in the church that could tell me anything different. Amen. Because the pastor didn't know. And it's not his fault. He just had religion. Bound in religion. 
And that's why Jesus fought that religion every step of the way. Amen. It's not that he disliked the Pharisees. He didn't dislike them. He loved them. He know they he knew they were cuckoo. Because that when that religion gets a hold of you, it just it thinks for you. It talks for you. It, you have uh your emotions are based on religion. And everything negative. It's just the way it is. Ephesians 6.16. If you can write down that. Ephesians 6.16. It says take up the shield of faith. Which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You see what faith does? It shields you from the flaming fire. The air burning arrows that the devil shoots at you. In other words... Your faith shields you from fiery darts from the devil. Because the devil's a liar and he's a, a, a pretender. He's a con man. And he's not going to be satisfied until he gets you in a situation. He Look, he mess with Christians. He don't mess with sinners that much. Because he's already got them. He, they're already fooled and locked into insanity. So he tries to keep them where they are in sickness and poverty, keep them where they are. And he's working on the Christians to try to get them over to the other side. And he'll take a, an offense. He, his, he especially uses offenses. But you know what? When I, I did a teaching on offenses last year, I remember, and I learned so much. And, the, and this is one thing I learned. God says, there's going to be offenses. He's already telling you they, these things are going to happen. But he also tells us how to handle them. Amen. Amen. And no, it don't feel good. I'm just being honest. I'll tell you the truth. Don't feel good. You don't feel justified. But you know what? In the, in the end, God sees everything. He, people don't get away with nothing. And so you have to trust God's way. And I made up my mind that's what I was going to do. I still get mad. I still don't like sometimes how I'm treated. But you know what? I let God handle that. And what else can you do? You can't do nothing else. You have to trust God. Amen. You have to trust him. Because he sees everything and he knows that he knows more than we we do. So the firing, your faith shields you from, it's like a fire extinguisher. When fiery arrows come at you, your faith puts them out. So God has already given us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. And this is the thing, he's given us wisdom on how to handle everything that happens to us. Amen. And he's delivered us out of every bit of affliction. Amen. Let's, that's Second Timothy 3.10, if you want to write that down. He's delivered us out of every bit of persecution. In other words, when people lie on you, God will cl- clear it up. And he, it, the Bible says he makes even your worst enemy, he'll bring them at peace with you. Amen. We can't do it, but God can. He's already given us his divine power and his divine nature. So we can take it. It's nothing, it's nothing that says we can't because we can. Especially if you stand in for justice. And you're standing for, uh, you know, whatever it is that people 
want God to do. If you trust him, just trust him and keep going. Amen. Let's go to Second Peter 1. I'm sorry. Yeah, Second Peter 1 verse 3. It says, and his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What divine power? The divine power that runs through our blood. Because Jesus is alive and well and on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. But I want to read. Let's go to verse 2. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. And of Jesus our Lord. You gotta be in his knowledge. If you don't, then you don't, you won't know what, you won't know how to write your own ticket with God. You won't know how. So then I'll do first three again. As his divine power has given to us all thing, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge. You see how knowledge is so important? Through the knowledge of him. Who called us by glory and virtue. By which have been. Verse 4. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Those are the promises of Abraham. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen. So in other words, God is saying if you get rid of your flesh, allow your flesh to be killed or nailed to the cross, stop wanting everything, stop thinking, you know, all of this stuff, amen, and start to grow in Christ and start to understand and gain knowledge of who you are. I think if we just knew who we were, that would put us on the map. And then who Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Amen. But he, we are partakers of his divine nature. So if you have divine nature in you, you don't mix with the world. The world can't do anything for you when you have his divine nature inside of you. Amen. It just won't work for you. So he's given us all things. Uh, pertaining to life and godliness, but it's through the knowledge of him. I can't stress to you more. When I was in a traditional church, I knew the scripture, but I didn't know it was through the knowledge because I didn't know what it meant. Amen. But it's through the knowledge of him, and him is who I didn't have knowledge of. Amen. I didn't have a personal relationship with him, but I knew his name. I was saved. I knew what he had done for me. I knew I didn't want to live without him, but I didn't know him personally. I didn't know that I was the daughter of Abraham. I didn't know that he was my father. I didn't know I was an heir to the promises of God. I didn't know that stuff. I just didn't know. So you have to have knowledge. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were, um, when they refused to bow, to Nebuchadnezzar's, um, how can I say it? When he sent out a uh, that letter, whatever you call it, saying that when they hear the sound of the music, the harps and the 
whatever, that they would bow to the God that he built. And when they, they didn't do it. And I was wondering one time when I started to gain knowledge and understanding, when I had a relationship with the Lord, some questions will come up, stuff that you didn't know before. And I wondered what gave them the power and the strength and the understanding to be willing to go into that furnace and be burned and know and know without a shadow of a doubt that God would be with them. And it was because of understanding. Because I read, I think it was in the first chapter of Daniel, it said that he he God gave them understanding and wisdom and some other something else. But he gave, God gave them that. See, because they had a relationship with him. And, and so God gave them wisdom and understanding. It said three things. It was one other thing that he gave them. And that's how they knew that he would be in there with them even if they burned. He knew that they, if he had some other plans, if, if by some chance he was busy, and couldn't get there, they knew that God was responsible for them because they had wisdom and understanding. And so God will give you that. You you just can't operate this word or it, it can't work for you properly. You get a little something because God will react to every prayer and respond to every prayer that we have. Whether it's from a, a two-year-old baby, I mean, he, he responds to, to his people because he loves us. But if you have understanding, if you have some type of wisdom through relationship, he will tell you what to do. Amen? And so this is why they set their, their sight so high on not bowing because they knew that their Redeemer lived. They knew that. They had no doubt. That's how we have to be. We have to be that way. When it comes to everything that we need, everything that we want, you have to know God is backing you up. And if you mess up, repent and don't stay there. It's just like the pairs of Pauline being strapped to that railroad. And and (laughs) Yeah, that's where I am up here. And she was just there. She didn't try. She was help, help. But did you ever see her try to get away from get up? She wasn't trying to get loose. She was just calling for her man to help her. And if he didn't come, she would have been in bad shape. But you don't get stuck there like she was stuck on the railroad track. You know that little lady? She, but she help, help, but she never moved. Until somebody came and swooped her up. But you already been swooped up. Amen. In the spirit. God swooped you up with his power. Amen. So you don't, in other words, don't stay stuck wherever you are. Don't, don't allow the devil to tie you to the track. You get up and you Tell him a thing or two. You tell him what you know because it's written on the inside of you. Your mouth is like the pen of a ready writer. And you know what to say because it's written on the inside of you. And you get out of that fix 
that the devil puts you in. You don't stay there. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't let the devil tie you up and put you anywhere because he doesn't have that type of authority over you. He just doesn't have that kind of authority over us. Amen. So through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. And that word virtue means excellence. God's called us to excellence. Every spiritual blessing in Christ we have. We're called to to operate out of that. Whereby are, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That's verse 4. So instead of lusting after things of this world and people of the world, let these people go. And we, so we should lust after the promises of God. We got a lot to lust after in the kingdom. You know, we need to lust after bettering ourselves, improving ourselves. I know I do. I know I, I'm a work in progress. Amen. But we all need to understand we need to understand what's going on first if we could just understand who we are and how much power and authority god has given us we have authority over every situation in our lives we don't have to be tied up to a situation we don't have to be bogged down that's not your permanent fix it's not your permanent place it's just a situation and and you will be able to say, and this too shall pass. When you're in the midst of it, it doesn't feel like it, but to just does not live by feelings. So don't don't go by how things are looking in your life right now. Know that they will get better. Why? Because you belong to God. Because He has given you His divine nature. In other words, His divine power. Is on the inside of you. The very life of God, the very nature of Him is inside of us. Amen. And God's heart is toward us. He wants us to have everything, everything that you need. And He'll even give you exceedingly and abundantly. He don't care about giving people more. Amen. He don't give you just enough. He give you more so you can share with somebody else. Amen. So stop lusting after stuff because that's not your problem. Amen. You go after the promises by faith. That's what most people don't like. Because you've inherited them. That's your inheritance. Amen. Add to your faith virtue. That also means, it means excellence, but it means moral excellence and goodness. And to virtue, add knowledge, understanding. You've got to have that understanding. You have to have knowledge. Now, you can operate on whatever you have. You can operate on whatever part of God you have, whether it's a little or a lot. But you have to have understanding to get more. You have to have understanding to know and, and understand how to execute this word. Which is the written judge, the word of God is the written judgment against Satan and all of his cohorts. You have to know what that is and, and how to execute it. Amen. And the Bible says stand. I think it's in um, Ephesians 6, 10. Stand, having done all. You know, having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of peace. 
and all these other things. It says the, the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. It tells you all this stuff for a purpose, but you have to have understanding so that you can execute what's, what is written. And when you can execute what is written, you will receive whatever it is that you need. And then some. Amen. So victory is already yours. Amen. It's already yours. So use your faith to receive what's already been given. You have to use your faith to receive what's already given. It's given to us through our inheritance. Amen. Why? How? Because we're heirs. It's just like if somebody that you knew back in the day and they deceased and they put you in their, in their will and they have to look you up by law. And I bet you if you got that letter, you wouldn't hesitate now one second to put that check in the bank. Well, it's, that's what I'm telling you. Put your faith check in the bank. Amen. That's your faith is your faith is your title deed to what God has promised you. Your faith opens that door. No man can take anything from you. Your faith is your title deed. Amen. And this is why you can write your ticket in life. Nobody has a right to be poor and broke down and live in squalor because God didn't. He didn't plan it like that. Amen. There's more than enough for everybody. Hallelujah. Even to those who are being saved, according to 2 Corinthians 2.14. Hallelujah. So, let's see. Victory has already been given. And God always causes us to triumph. He, if, if this wasn't true, God wouldn't keep saying it. He always causes us to triumph. Second Corinthians 2.14 He does not cause you to fail. Amen. And when he causes you to triumph, through Christ Jesus, not in your own power, but through Christ, he pours, we pour out the fragrance of his knowledge in every area. In other words, he uses us to have a good smell. To other people. And it's it's good to him too. You, In other words. You smell good to God. When you're doing the word. When you're trusting in the word. When you're using your faith. Amen. We smell like life. In case you want to know what you smell like. You don't smell like. Giovanni or Giov- whoever. Or what's the other perfume people? What's those people we have? Huh? Yeah, Chanel. We smell like life. Bet you can't characterize that. Amen. Only God can. We smell like life to him. And this is why he diffuses our fragrance among people. He wants them to smell that life on you so they can desire it. And they do. You ever had people say, it's something about y'all. I get that all the time. Something about you. You ain't like, you know, it's just something about you. Because it's something that's on you that they need. And it's called life. Amen. We can say a whole lot of other things, but that's really what it is. Hallelujah. 
So we must stop wasting time trying to figure out how we're going to get God to do something. He's already done it. Amen. (laughs) All we need to do is believe it and start to call on it. It's just like if you want Coco to come. If you're in the room, you don't see Coco. Not that I would call him, but, but Pastor Barr would call him and Rachel would call him. And if he, they don't see him, they'll say, they'll say, where's Coco? And what the, what, what's the next step? You start calling him. And so when you call him, what happens? Here comes Coco. You don't call it, it ain't coming. So you have to call what you want. That's why don't call the cat unless you want the dog, if you want the dog. What's your cat's name? Yeah, you call Patches if you want the cat. If you want the dog, you call Coco. So in other words, you claim things by faith and you believe it and you start calling for it. Just like you call for the missing dog. Why Why do you do it? Because you want them to come here. You wanted him to come forth. So you have to call for what you want. You, how do you know it's going to come? Because Coco is already your dog. Patches is already your cat. He already belongs to you. They already belong to you. Well, the promises of God already belong to you. But you got to call them forth. You don't call them forth, they don't come. Amen. So like faithful Abraham, he called things that be not as though they were. Now you know why he did it. He Because he was was trying to condition his mind for the promises of God. Because God already told him, I'm making you the father of many nations. And to remind him, he says, look up and look down. Look down at the the sea, the sand on the seashore. You look up at the stars in the sky. And as many as you see, that's how many your children will be. So I'm making you the mother and father, you and Sarah, mother and father of many. But so he had to call on things that be. Now, how is this going to happen? How must this be? By you having a baby at a hundred. Okay. But then he's going to have to start calling things that be not. See, if you can't see it, then you call it forth. This is how the world was created. If you don't start claiming what you want, it won't happen. Unless you're around a lot of people that's calling stuff and that can happen for you. That's why it's good to be around a company of prophets, company of people that you with, because they know when we're weak. When if I'm weak, you start. You need to be calling my healing instead of talking about me. Father, I just pray for her, and I call her healing forth in Jesus' name. We called her healed. We call her healed. That's the way you do. And so you have to call forth these things, which is already given. It's given, but how do you exercise it? Through your faith. First John 5, 4. Through your faith, because your faith is your victory. Amen. We have victory through our faith. Amen. So this is what Abraham did. Now you see why he called things. Well, not you just not now seeing it. I'm reminding you that he called things that be not as though it were. Because there's a lot of natural things he had to overlook in order to become the father of many. 
He had to become the father of one first. That was the big, that was the biggie at a hundred. But when he called those things that be not, and God will always help you along the way. Look up and look down. And that's, he says, you're the father of many, so I know you can be the father, become the father of one, Isaac. But that was going to take his faith. So this is how he did it. Amen. You got to see what God sees because it's already done. And we walk by faith and not by sight. So quit looking at what you don't see. It's already there. The husband, the kids are there. They're there. Amen. They are there. You have to call them forth. And if you, you letting your pride stop you, you, they won't. They'll just be in the background. And then years later you have regrets. But they're there and you call them forth. Amen. And this is how you write your faith check and take it to the bank. Don't be afraid to deposit it. God, this is my faith check. I wrote it out on that front line. I got, I got there what I'm expecting and I'm, I'm depositing it in the faith, you know, bank. And you start saying that you will have it. I'm telling you. Amen. You call it yours already and you'll have it. Well, how do I know? Because your words create things. Your words can create good or bad. Call for what you don't see yet. Romans 4.17. Let's go there. Romans 4.17. Almost done. Hallelujah. Mm-mm. Okay. And it says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So that's all you're doing. You're not pretending, you're believing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, this is real. Now religion will tell you that's pretending. You got to stick with reality. Or you got to deal with reality. See, it depends on where your reality is. Your reality is either with what God said or what you what you think. Because it ain't what you believe. You really believe what the word says. You just don't know it yet. Amen. Let's see verse 18. Who contrary to hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. See, this is according to what's spoken. This ain't according to what you see. This is according to what was spoken. So it so shall your descendants be. This is what God told him. Look up, look down. So shall they be your descendants. So it was spoken by God. So that's all he had. Amen. In verse 19 says, and did not being weak in faith and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Look, that was already a done dead deal since he was about a 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. 
So he just didn't even think about that no more because he couldn't figure out how this could be. But he knew that he had to add his faith to what was already spoken and the supernatural takes over. The supernatural took over. But it took his faith and him remembering what God said. You'll be the father of many. Amen. He already tried plan B when he received Ishmael with the chambermaid. She was a younger woman and he gave it a try and it worked. And God said, nope, that's not where he don't. God don't let plan B's work. He just doesn't. Why? To be mean? No. To prove to you that he is God and he can do it all by himself all because he's already spoken it. See, all of the promises of God are yes and amen. Why? Because he's, he's the one that said it, not us. We didn't come up with this great idea. He did. So it's already given. But he needs our faith. It's like he's saying this, give me something to work on. And so it, it's like this. You can't ride a wave if if the water is calm and peace and there's no tide. You, you, you just might as well go put your board up until a better day comes. You can't ride the wave if there, there's nothing to go on. There's no, You can float on it, but that's about it. But you have to give God something to work on, and that's your faith. He wants you to give him your faith. Amen. And when you do that, you'll see a movement in what you are believing. Verse 20 says he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief. That word waver. He didn't stagger. He didn't stop and say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. How is this going to happen? He didn't do that. Not after plan B failed. He went for anything God said. In the beginning, he was saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Sarah was saying, this can't happen. And so she said, I know what you do. And he's listening to the woman. And they, she came up with a plan. And then God said, no. He said, he's, what did he call Ishmael? Angry or mean? Mean or angry? Which still today, anybody know? Mm-mm, no, but he called him a mean man, a wild man, wild man, wild man forever. And we see that with the with the Islamic nation, don't we? Wild men forever. You ever seen some of those cities that they sleep on the street? It's horrible what they do. Just like wild people and that God knows what he's talking about. And so that's Ishmael. That's why plan B's are not really the best thing to do. They make you happy for a little while. But some people are okay with that. But I want peace. I mean, you know, I'm not saying I might not like the world of plan B around. But they they don't give you peace. That's the only thing. And I don't like trouble. I like peace. Hallelujah. So God through his, he didn't stagger at the promises of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith and he gave glory to God. So what do you do? You got to speak it and give God the glory. It says, and being fully convinced, verse 21, or fully persuaded that 
what God had promised he could also perform. See, this is the other part of why we don't receive right away what we want. Because sometimes we, have you ever said this? If you tell the truth, you'll say, yeah, if you don't, you know, you'll say no. You'll say, I believe God can, but I don't know if God will. Well, that's what, that's verse 21. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. When you say, I don't know if God will, you don't know if he's able to perform it. You know he can, but you don't know if he will. But it says here that you have to be fully persuaded or fully convinced that what God promised, he could also perform. Because if he can't perform it, why did he promise it? That don't make sense. But you know how it is when we're in the midst of stuff. Our mind just go, you know, we just go bonkers. It says, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. When you believe God, it's accounted to you as righteousness. Now it is written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. So in other words, this wasn't something that Abraham did on his own. Righteousness is imputed. Amen. Is imputed to you. But also for us, it shall be imputed to us. Are y'all here? Us who believe. When you believe, righteousness is imputed to you. It says, in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead and who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Hallelujah. So faith always triumphs in trouble. Whatever you're trying to claim for God, you have to know. It's, see, it's an understanding thing. I've been in church since I was consistently since I was 18 years old. And I went to Catholic school in my single digits. And I went, you had to go to church every Sunday. It was all religion. But I'm going to tell you something. I never had understanding until I became came a spirit field. You don't have understanding. You won't get much. Amen. You'll get the basics. God won't let you. Won't let the devil kill you. He won't let you starve. But you want the promises. Abraham was after the promise that was already spoken. And he believed that God could perform that which he had already spoken. Why would he speak it if it, he couldn't do it? See, we got to tell ourselves these things. Really, you got you are a preacher. You got to preach to yourself first. I'm telling you. And when you preach to yourself, you had better listen. To yourself and stop letting the devil tell you everything in your mind because we have his divine nature on the inside of us and that divine nature doesn't preach gloom and doom and lies it preaches truth it preaches what's already spoken and it tells you that you can have it because it's already done it's already done amen We have a problem believing that it's already done, that whatever is spoken, because we don't understand who we are. And we don't understand our redemption. That word redeem means you've been vindicated. Amen. You've been made, there's been restitution made for you. Or in other words, bought back, purchased, whatever you want to call it. You free. 
And so if we, you got to actually go back. Do you know how people get out of condemnation? Some of them never do because they don't belong to God. But a Christian, you have to go back to where this started, the cross, and understand your redemptive, the redemptive power of Jesus. Amen. You have to know that. Amen. It's time, in other words, grow up time. It's time for Christians to grow up and stop being in the dark. Amen. So, uh, redemption has two sides, and I mentioned this to you before, the legal side and the vital side. The legal side of redemption is what's already been done. In other words, just think about Old Testament. Think about what's already, what's been done for you on that cross. And think about things like we talked about health, wealth, um, not health, health, finances, healing, salvation. Those things are already given. Amen. So that's the legal. Because see, it was legally, you are legally healed, although you don't see it. You are legally prosperous, although you may not have money. Y'all getting this? So, so, uh, the legal side of our redemption is it's already done. What's already been given. The vital, there's a vital side to it, and the reason it's called vital, vital is because it is vital that you stand on the word. It's vital. In other words, it's vital that you use your faith. So the vital side of redemption is faith. You got to, you get it by faith. Legal side, it's already done. It's already given. Vital side, you got to use your faith to get it. Amen. We have to remember these things. So this is just one way of remembering. The legal side, and this is what I wrote, just read my notes. The legal side of our redemption is the past. What's already been done for us. And it cannot change. That's why it's legal. It's like written in blood. Okay, thank you. It's written in blood. It cannot change. You can always go back to that, knowing that it's already done. So our redemption entitles us to what's free. It, in other words, it cost us nothing. But the, the vital side of our redemption is you don't have to earn it, but it's legal. Well, in other words, the legal side is legal and binding. But the vital side of our redemption is what's available to me now. In other words, it's, it's, it's vital that you use your faith to get it now because the vital side is now you can have it now uh, uh, just like uh, in in the book of uh, Luke when I think it's Luke 4 when Jesus went and he recited um, Isaiah 61 he's the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and he did all this when he was in church and gave the attendant the book and the last thing he said to those people is this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? And he was saying, look, you can have this now. So that's the the, lead, the vital side of our redemption is you can have it now. So if we know and understand these things, we know, look, the devil, 
I, I don't know what's going on around me, but you know what the devil is stealing? He can't do this. He's operating illegally because I've been legally given everything. It's legal. If you take, uh, uh, like I said, someone uh, said, well, somebody left you something and they give you a check. That's legal. Nobody can take it from you or the family would have took it. One of them grand nephews. But they couldn't because it's a legal thing. And so you're an heir. And the devil can't take things from you when you're an heir unless you don't know. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Amen. So you have to claim it. Press into it. Thank God for it. And and let the word be in your, whatever the promises is. You go around and you talk in your house. You let the devil know, look, the, look God gave me this. I didn't have to earn it. It's a given. And all I have to do is speak it, and you're going to respect it. He's going to laugh at you at first, maybe the second or third time, but you keep, trick is to keep saying it until you believe it. When you start believing it, I'm telling you, it'll come forth, and it'll come forth fast. We're, thank God for Amos 9.13. We're living in a season where it's already done. All you got to do is let it come out your mouth, and it's yours. Amen? Amen. So you're no longer longer under the curse of the law. That stuff will come into your mind, curse of the law, and you throw it out, talk to, tell the devil, no, I'm not going to believe you because I've been believing you too long. You're a liar, and I'm going to get what's due me because it's already done. Amen. All right, why don't we stop? Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We just bless you, Lord. And we lift you up. We thank you, Father, for the great and precious promises that you've given your people. And we thank you, Lord, that we don't have to um, earn it. It's already been given. And we can have it now. And we thank and praise you, Father. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And praise God. If there's anybody that needs prayer, I can pray for you before we leave.